Hello, everybody. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. My name's Corey. Here's another podcast. Uh, I appreciate that you're taking time to listen. Uh, it's very flattering. It really is. Uh, I just get up here and blather every week, run my mouth and, and whatever, pretend to know what I'm talking about. And there are people actually listening to it. So that's fantastic. And I certainly do appreciate it. Now, oh, all kinds of things. You know, uh, this past weekend, I went to Cinema Wasteland in Ohio, and it was fantastic. Although, it was almost a uh, catastrophe right off the bat, because there was a little sign there as soon as I walked in that said that Lloyd Kaufman decided not to come, <laughs> or something to that effect. Uh, he wasn't going to be there. So that was a big bummer, being that really the only celebrity who was going to be there that I was interested in talking to at all was... Lloyd Kaufman. Of course, of course. Uh, but fortunately, uh, the day was not ruined as I was meeting up with a ton of really, really cool people. Root Rot, uh, with his lady friend, Keely, uh, very, very cool. Misfit Boy and his wife, Tara. Eric Lowther, aka Big Ugly Harry Scary. Uh, Tom Burdinsky from the Italian Zombie Movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got to hang out with a lot of great people. Um, man, man, it was just a lot of fun. Misfit Boy actually hooked me up with a lot of really great stuff. Uh, did just like he did the last Cinema Wasteland back in the spring. Like, he, he's just the bearer of gifts for me all the time. And he's an amazing, amazing person. Uh, this time around, he gave me a two-DVD set, uh, The Misfits Video History, which is great. I love The Misfits. And I actually, surprisingly, haven't seen a lot of their videos or a lot of their uh, live stuff. So I've only really mostly ever listened to them. So yeah, that was that was great. I already watched that. It's fantastic. I might review it here at some point. Not this time around, but very cool. He also gave me a whole pile of makeup, different type things that I can use for my little movie that I'm making. And uh, I have actually already used some of it. He had some of the uh, scar putty in there and I didn't have any scar putty. So uh, I used it the other day to make a big gash on my arm and uh, used it in part of my movie. So yeah, yeah, very much appreciated. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, so I was walking around uh, actually a lot of the time with Eric. And uh, so we're going along, we see a huge poster, like one of these big cardboard wall things for the movie Meet the Feebles. And uh, he points to that and he's like, have you ever seen Meet the Feebles? And I'm like, no, I've never seen it, but I'd probably, probably like it. And uh, he's like, if we can find it here at the show, you got to buy it and you got to watch it. So he had me buy Meet the Feebles. I finally found it. And uh, so I, I haven't watched that one yet. But, uh, I, you know, I went outside carrying it and uh, two people stopped me and said, Meet the Feebles. That's a great movie. Have you watched it yet? And I'm like, no. And they started telling me things about it. And a lot of the same things that they were saying about it. Uh, were things that Eric had said about it before. And so, yeah, I have high hopes for Meet the Feebles. So, yeah, that, I'll, I'll maybe watch that for next week. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I had a great time. Then we all went to the bar. We all hung out. We got something to eat. We were drinking some beers. 
And we just had a great time, you know? I, I'm just so happy, you know, like, like especially Root Rot. Root Rot, I've known him for years. I've been talking to him for years. I consider him a close friend, even though up until last weekend, I had never even seen the guy in the flesh. I mean, he could have been like a, a, a ghost or a robot or, uh, you know, something, something of that nature. But Root Rot is indeed a real human being. And uh, I, I, I've seen it firsthand, so take it from me. But that, that was great. Root Rod is a great guy. He really is. We had a lot of fun. Oh, and, you know, unfortunately, I uh, realized how lame Horror Realm was in comparison to this. The shows uh, seem to be about the same size, but, you know, as soon as I got there on Saturday morning, it's like the place was packed in no time. You know, it was elbow to elbow. You got to weave in and out through people and squeeze through and things. That's how it was, like, the whole time. And uh, it never got near that point at Horror Realm, which is which is really sad. It's really disappointing. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's just an observation. Um, so uh, this weekend now uh, that is coming up, and actually it starts today, today's Thursday when I'm recording this, but uh, I'm off to the Erie Horror Film Festival, which uh, I've been to every year. This will be, I think, the third or fourth year that I have frequented the event, and uh, this is going to be great. It's going to be really great. Although, I mean, it's the same thing happening here that happened to me at Cinema Wasteland. I, I frequently get on the Erie Horror Film Fest website, check up on, you know, what new guests are going to be there, maybe read a little bit about the movies, you know, and things, because uh, they, they, from everything I've seen at that film festival, I've never been disappointed hardly. There's maybe one or two that were kind of iffy. But all in all, the excellence level in this thing is absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, I read up a lot. And uh, the one guy, of course, the one guy who I was real excited about talking to was Joe Pilato. And I know Joe Pilato has been to a lot of these things, but I always manage to miss him. So I've always wanted to meet Captain Rhodes, you know, Joe Pilato. Got to meet the guy. And uh, so I was excited, and I got on the festival website just the other day, and there is no sign now of Joe Pilato. No sign of Joe Pilato. Actually, let's, uh, let me bring this up. I'll just go through the list of guests. The list of guests for uh, the uh, uh, film festival here. Here we go. Uh, the very first guy that they list is Brian O'Halloran, which is uh, like Dante from Clerks. And, you know, he was in uh, Mall Rats and Clerks 2 and Jade and Silent Bob's right back. A whole bunch of those. He's got top billing here. He's the number one guy. It really, I don't care. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I saw those movies so long ago. Good movies, but, you know, come on. Next, Fred the Hammer Williamson. He was in uh, From Dust Till Dawn, Children of the Corn 5, MASH, Black Caesar, Hell Up in Harlem, uh, The Original Inglorious Bastards. I don't know, a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Again, I don't care. Seamus Davy Fitzpatrick, the young star of The Omen 2006. Who cares? Stephen Jeffries, he was Evil Eddie in Fright Night, and then went on to make a ton of gay porn. And I, you know, it is what it is, uh, but, uh, you know, call me a bit hesitant to want to shake his hand. Um, a bunch of people I've never heard of. Of course, now we have the Dawn of the Dead mini reunion. It's pretty, pretty much the exact same guys I just saw in Horror Realm. Leonard Lies, uh, Sharon Zuccotti Hill... Uh, David Crawford, Frank Sorrell, Joe Shelby, Nick Tallow, that retard Nick Tallow. 
Uh, Mike Gornick, and then a couple, and here, here is where Joe Pilato used to be inserted, but now they have a blank space there, and Joe is gone. But, uh, that, that's the Day of the Dead, Mark Tierno, the one zombie, Gary Clark, who plays the one soldier, and now we have, uh, Kyra Schoen from Night of Living Dead, and then a bunch of other more local people. Joel Robinson, the artist, is gonna be there, so that's cool. But really... Who in this whole list do I really want to meet other than Joe Pilato? And now Joe's not going to be there. That's, that's so disappointing. So I decided not to get the full weekend pass. I'm probably only going Friday night and then all day Saturday. But uh, yeah, I'll tell you all about the, the Erie Horror Film Festival. It's always great. I love the people that run it. Uh, you know, it's, it's always a fun time. It's at the Warner Theater. And the Warner is just outstanding. The Warner is a wonderful place. It's a big, very intricate, beautiful historic theater and uh, with a very cool the retro uh, viewing area and the seats and the screen. Oh, it's just an amazing place. So anyhow, <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Anyhow, uh, this is the official podcast of the Italian zombie movie. Just got to hang out with Tom Burdinsky at Cinema Wasteland. Uh, saw a few of the other folks involved in the Italian zombie movie. And oh, man, I, I could talk to Tom forever. He gave me some great advice about my little movie-making venture here and things like that and why he's doing what he's doing. And he is just a really, really great guy. Really great guy, Tom. Yeah. So, anyhow, go check out the Italian Zombie Movie. Uh, my website is midnightcory.com, as you probably know. Um, my movie... Ah, let me give you an update on my movie. I have some voicemails expressing concern about the state of my movie because I haven't posted a video update in oh, well over a month. <laughs> almost a month and a half. So, um, yeah, actually, I've been making daily progress on this. I'm uh, filming some of the scenes now that uh, don't require as much makeup. Uh, just uh, right now, I mean, the time is going into lighting and, um, you know, camera position and things like that. Being one guy, it takes me a long time to set up the shot exactly how I want it. So I pulled off some really nice things, I think, this week. And uh, hopefully here this afternoon, maybe I'll get to do a little bit more. But yeah, yeah. So progress is being made. Uh, I'll post another video update. I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Uh, so I, I don't, you know, I don't want to bore anyone with my stuff. But anyhow, that's that. Um, yeah, so here's what I'm talking about in the rest of the show. Uh, as we're going through uh, zombie movie history, we have ourselves planted in the 1950s right now. And a lot of weird movies are coming out in the 50s, as you know because we have the whole sci-fi element really being involved. And uh, the one I'm looking at this week is from 1957. It's called Woman Eater. Uh, it has nobody famous in it. It is a British production. And uh, yeah, wow. Wow, we'll talk about that. Um, I have a review, and actually before I do the review, um, Eric, Big Ugly Harry Scary, is going to review Bloodsuckers from Outer Space. And then I'll tell you what I thought about it also. But uh, the reason that Eric and I are doing this one is because as we were walking around Cinema Wasteland, we stopped at this table. It was pretty much kind of right beside the Troma table, uh, the one that did not have Lloyd Kaufman at it. And um, it, it, we just see this guy sitting there, and he has a stack of these DVDs and a stack of uh, you know posters and things like that for a movie called Bloodsuckers from Outer Space. And it's an 80s B-horror movie. It's a zombie movie. And uh, so we stopped and looked, and the prices were dirt cheap. It was five bucks for a DVD and two bucks for a poster. So I'm like, for seven bucks, I'll get the DVD and the poster. I haven't even seen the movie yet. But uh, the cover's pretty cool. It's very 80s. 
and uh, it actually has like painted artwork on it so yeah i just really liked it so i'm gonna be hanging that up here but uh, anyhow you know i'm like well what the heck you know if it sucks then whatever but what really helped sway us here was that uh they were playing scenes from the movie at the table and <laughs> the scenes were cool you know these uh you know weird looking almost dawn of the dead looking kind of zombies and then uh, a lot of blood and the zombie getting hit by a car and things like that. So we're like, what the heck? We'll give it a shot. And uh, the guy at the table was the director, Glenn Coburn, and he signed all our stuff. And he was a really, really nice guy and talked about the film. And this is a, an original, uh, this is a print, or a, um, uh, the DVD transfer, I'm sorry, of a uh, an actual 35 millimeter print of the film. So... Uh, this is the best quality. He said there are other versions out there, but, um, you know, this is the best one. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Bloodsuckers from Outer Space. That's from 1984. Uh, we'll talk about Zombie Influx with the help of a voicemail from Skeptical Zack. Zombie Influx, of course, is a CD of really cool atmosphere, uh, atmospheric, uh, post-apocalyptic or apocalyptic sounds, uh, music, things like that. Uh, I reviewed it last year, but we're talking about it again this year. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's for my friend Buzz at buzzworks.com. Go, uh, go check them out for sure. Um, and my Netflix Instant Watch recommendation this week was a recommendation that was recommended to me by two of you out there. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Lake Mungo from 2007. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Lauren from uh, Oregon, I uh, recommended this last week in the voicemail, and uh, actually this week we'll be hearing from Zombie Frida, and she also recommends that I see that movie, so I did it. I did it because I heard from you guys, so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and we have a whole bunch of other voicemails we'll be going through, and of course another original song. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> now, I got two quick uh, pieces of zombie stuff that uh, you should go look at. First of all, McPierce from A Little Dead Podcast sent me a link to a brand new Walking Dead trailer. Of course, The Walking Dead TV show coming up on AMC here uh, real soon. Real soon. Man, it's October already. Sheesh. But uh, anyhow, yeah, another trailer. Um... I'll put this up in the show notes, and you can you can go click on it and watch it. I brought up the page, but I did not play this trailer um, because, again, I just I don't want to spoil this thing for myself. There's so much of this out there, so I, I want to see all the good stuff actually on the TV show. You know, call me crazy, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyhow, thank you, McPierce. I do appreciate that. Anyhow, um, uh, next up, Zombie Headhunter sent me this link. Uh, to a Facebook group, the Zombie Aid Bradford, Bradford Zombie Walk. Now, of course, this is over in the UK, so I, I probably won't be able to make it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. There are going to be live bands there, DC 66, Northern Rock, Threshold Shift, The Drastics, and New York Alcoholic Anxiety Attack, which is a great, great band name. <laughs> All kinds of live entertainment, face painting, King and Queen Zombie of Bradford competition, open to the public, uh, and there's contact information here. So uh, yeah, yeah, if you're in the Bradford area, you're going to want to go check this out for sure. But thank you, Zombie Headhunter. Uh, the link will be up in the show notes. Like I said, I think I keep repeating myself. Ah, uh, what can you do? Yeah, <laughs> 
en la sede de trabajo. zombie influx uh, show that you're going to do. I actually bought the zombie influx CT last year after hearing you review it. Um, the first night I got it was the night that, uh, actually my birthday, I believe. It was the night that Zombie Apocalypse came out for the Xbox 360 arcade. And I, uh, I muted the Xbox, I put that CD on. It was perfect ambiance for the game. It went just perfect. And uh, I still listen to it sometimes when I'm reading uh, a good zombie book, or uh, even when I play um, some like uh, text-based games on the internet that have to do with like horror and stuff like that. I think it's a great, um, I like thing to have on in the background. So I really enjoyed it, and uh, I recommend that everybody pick it up. It's only like I think 10 bucks or 15 bucks, totally worth it. Uh, it's on my iPod now. This is my girlfriend all the time off coming up in her uh, under shuffle. She's always yelling at me. All right, Corey, uh, have a good one. Thank you, Skeptical Zach, for calling that in. You know, uh, Buzz, I've talked to him now several times. I've met him. Uh, he always uh, goes to, like, Cinema Wasteland, Horror Realm, and uh, I guess several other conventions, and he sets up his thing there, and he's got all kinds of really cool stuff. If you go to buzz-works.com, you got to check out some of the great stuff. Uh, Buzz, I hooked up with him for the first time last year when I was doing the Midnight Podcast. And um, we talked, I interviewed him on the phone because I found out he was coming out with this CD called Zombie Influx. And of course, I was interested. And this is a CD that is perfect for this time of year. I mean, you get into October and Halloween and things start cooling off. The days are shorter. And uh, you'll start going to some Halloween parties, maybe, or, or just hanging out, and there's all kinds of spooky things going on, and it's really cool. Zombie Influx is perfect, perfect for this. Um, on, the, on the back of the CD here, I'll just read the description, because it's, it's perfect. This nightmare soundscape creates the horror and panic of a zombie invasion with eerie sound effects, emergency news bulletins, and cinematic music. Sharpen your axes, barricade your doors, and prepare for the zombie influx. And uh, yeah, these are all, this just takes you kind of through, it, it tells the story of the, the zombie uprising and what happens and, and it's just really, really cool. Just, you know what, put this on, you know, put, put it in your CD player or your computer, turn off the lights and just, just close your eyes and lay there 
and uh, this would be really cool to kind of, kind of, I don't know, creep you out. <laughs> but here are the titles. I love the titles. Ground Zero, Satellite Radiation, DEFCON 6, Creeping Death, Echoes of the Living, Doomsday, The Feeding, Warning Signs, The Dawn, Dead Run, Postmortem, The Panic Spreads, Transmutation, The Pain of Dying, Armageddon, Dead Life, Flesh Eaters, Ravenous, Zombie Influx. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I love this. What you're hearing behind my uh, voice right now is straight from the CD from Zombie Influx. So go over to Buzzworks, buzz-works.com. of the Amazon, the evil forces of witchcraft and black magic still rule the native heart, bringing sudden terror to the people who wander its primeval forests. With this our people make live the dead. Master, this is good. Starring George Caloris as Dr. Moran, a man obsessed with the power of evil. In his ruthless hands lies the secret that could solve the mystery of life and death. She'll become part of the plant. I promise I'll get the serum to bring the dead back to life. Ever since you came back from that horrible journey five years ago, you've been different. Yes, you're right, Margaret. I've changed. I believe you're doing something wicked. There's that iron door that I mustn't go through. I dream of it. What does it lead to? The feeling of evil is all around them. A forbidding past becoming part of the frightening present. Those who enter this house of fear stay to face a jungle of terror. Why do you lock me in here? I'm frightened. Way up in the Amazon jungle, there are people who put their hands into the mouth of death and snatch its victims back. I learned their secret. I told you. The world will ring with my name. The man who can bring back the dead. You're mad! Oh, Woman Eater is from 1957. And uh, this, you know, we're really starting to see some weird things combine in the zombie genre here. Because not only do we have, uh, like, a tribal, almost a voodoo uh, kind of theme going on here. Even though it's not voodoo, it's not Caribbean. It's actually Amazonian. So, uh, yeah, but it's, it's kind of a tribal superstition. But then also, we're bringing in this weird kind of sci-fi thing. You know, the 50s were real big. We had a big sci-fi boom. And uh, big monsters and <laughs> things like that. Things from space. And uh, yeah, yeah. We get a little bit of that, too. So it's the combining all in the zombie thing. Kinda. <laughs> this is just barely a zombie movie, to be honest with you. But uh, this is, it is a British film. Um, there were no big names in it, and there wasn't a whole lot of inspiration in this film either. Uh, there's a scientist, and uh, he somehow acquired 
this really big, strange, hairy, man-eating plant from the Amazon. Along with one of the tribesmen, I guess he's like a shaman or something like that. But uh, he kind of, uh, I don't know, controls this man-eating plant or he, he worships the plant and he has his little drums there that he plays. So this smiling Amazonian native shaman guy um, brings the, these girls into a trance. So the, the scientist brings him girls, the Amazonian guy plays his drums, the girls go into this trance and they throw her to the man-eating plant, or the woman-eating plant, the woman-eater, <laughs> And then, uh, once the girl has been consumed by the plant, there's this stuff that comes out of the plant and that uh, they tap into and put in a jar, and it's this serum that comes out that apparently can bring the dead back to life. So the scientist is experimenting with this stuff. He needs to find the right combination, the right amount uh, to use here. And, you know, that's about it. Unfortunately, there is very little action in the movie. Uh, lots of dialogue, uh, some love story stuff going on, uh, and only one zombie during the whole movie who appears five minutes before the end. <laughs> and uh, she is a very disappointing zombie. Uh, she begins to attack somebody but falls dead before she can do anything at all. So she just looks kind of menacing for a very short period of time and then falls to the floor. There's your zombie. <laughs> oh yes, wow. Oh man, this is, it wasn't a very good movie. It, it had potential, you know, if they would have done things a little bit better, I've been a little more inspired on this, you know, I, I, like, I like the whole British aspect of it and the cinematography was pretty good. Although we do see some stock footage, you know, when they're going down the river, we see some stock crocodile footage. Um, and I, I actually did, though, like the sets, you know, especially the spooky basement laboratory. Um, I think they did well with that set. Um, it, it really was spooky and, and it was kind of cool. Um, and, you know, at the end of the movie, of course, uh, everybody's turning on everybody else. and Nobody can figure anything out, whatever. And the doctor just happens to have an exploding fire potion sitting on his desk. And it's just sitting out in the open. Because he just has this bottle and he throws it at the plant and the plant explodes into fire. So right there, you know, he has some sort of exploding fire potion concocted that he has readily available at all times in case of a disaster. Such as your, you know, woman-eating plant uh, goes berserk or whatever. So... But all in all, this is not worth trying to find. Uh, I had a hard time again with this one. And that's the problem with so many of these movies in the 50s now. Because we're getting kind of out of that period of public domain. There aren't quite as many public domain movies from the 50s as we saw in the 30s and 40s. So it's getting more and more difficult to locate this stuff. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to have to kind of pick and choose through the 50s. But I will mention um, every one that I find... Uh, even if I don't get the chance to watch it. So, yeah. But uh, anyhow, as for the rating to Woman Eater, uh, I'll give it a 5 out of 10. And that was about it. But it's interesting, just from the man-eating plant aspect, that's what we saw in the movie that I watched last week, Voodoo Island, which was horrible. At least it had, you know, Lugosi in it, but that was it. Uh, and that had man-eating plants in it, so I'm wondering. So that, that again, was just the little sci-fi influence that we see prevalent in the 50s. But yeah, woman-eater, uh, not great, but uh, I think it is a sign of, of more things to come 
as uh, we look at more and more zombie movies throughout the 50s. Hey, Corey, what's up? This is Alan. Uh, Colin, I don't know if you have any other listeners that live in Alabama or any of the surrounding states, but there is a theater troupe in Birmingham called Theater Downtown, and they're going to be putting on Night of the Living Dead as a stage play uh, October 14th, 15th, 16th, uh, and 17th, and then the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, and I think all week that Halloween, <clears throat> the week going toward Halloween. Anyway, I just wanted to let your listeners know, sounds like something they dig, uh, probably find it online. Anyway, I plan on going, and if you'd like, I'll call in a review of it after I see it. Anyway, man, have a good one, and oh yeah, the Mail Order Zombie song was awesome. Uh, have a good one. Bye. Hey, Alan. Good to hear from you, my friend. Um, and uh, that's really interesting, uh, the uh, the Birmingham performance of the Night of the Living Dead stage play. Uh, I would love for you to call in a review for that. So make sure, if you're going to go see it, I would love to hear all about it because, um, on uh, you know, in one regard, I'm curious because I know Bill Heinzman, the uh, graveyard zombie from the original Night of the Living Dead, was uh, I think he was producing or directing uh, a stage representation of Night of the Living Dead, and I heard it was really really cool. It was really great. So I'm wondering if maybe this is the same thing or this is somebody else's adaptation or whatever. But uh, I would uh, I would love to hear your review of it and what you thought about it. And uh, thank you for all the for all the nice words, especially about that one song that uh, I just had a lot of fun making and was just constantly laughing at as I was making it and playing it and everything. So, <laughs> Alan, you're a good man. Thanks, man. This is Eric R. Lather, also known as Big Ugly Harry Scary. Here are the few words on 1984's Bloodsuckers from Outer Space. As an 80s horror movie buff, I can't help but get a little charged when I discover a B-horror movie from that era that somehow escaped my notice back in the day. And when it's a zombie movie discovery, well, it's going home. That was the case when Midnight Corey and I found writer-director Glenn Coburn's table at a cinema wasteland. After purchasing our copies, we took the opportunity to chat with the director while viewing the trailer. I couldn't believe teenage me somehow missed this. After seeing the bad zombie makeup, typical 80s B physical effects, and a man getting run over at full speed by a car, I'd already gotten my five dollars worth. It's 1984, and invisible aliens have decided to take over the earth by killing the residents of a small Texas farming town and possessing their dead bodies. However, the process they use also forces the blood from the bodies, and replacing it brings us to the title of the movie. Our hero, Jeff, played by Tom Myers, is a wannabe artist trapped in his small town by circumstance. Not wanting to be a dairy farmer like his uncle, played by the director, he makes his living working for the local newspaper while trying to find himself. Hey kids, fun fact. When someone tells you that they're taking time off from work, school, etc. to find themselves, 
It usually means they have readily available family members to sponge off of, which usually means they find themselves sleeping till noon and watching Adult Swim seven nights a week. But I digress. So, when bodies start showing up drained of blood and a few of the locals start behaving strangely, he decides to investigate all the weird goings-on. Hi, Norman. I expect something weird's about to happen. I've been having the weirdest feelings lately, like something weird's about to happen. And when I get those weird feelings, something weird usually happens. Well, let us know when it happens, Norman. I'll tell you what. This world's getting to be a weird place to live in. It didn't used to be this weird. What do you suppose happened? Too many weirdos. That's the problem. Weirdos get together and have weird babies, and they grow up to be weirdos. It's an endless cycle. Along the way, he meets up with Julie, a beautiful young nymphomaniac with a tank of huffing nitrous in the back seat of her Camaro, played by Lara Ellis. Where are you from? Dallas. What are you doing out here? Getting away? I'm tired of watching my home turn into another Houston. It's depressing. Sounds to me like you're not using enough drugs. I'm sure I've used enough to last me a lifetime. Uh, I could use some right now. There's a tank of nitrous in the back if you'd like some. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Hey kids, another fun fact. For those of you that didn't grow up in the 80s, this was considered to be more or less the perfect woman. Now, we're a little slow in starting up, with the first almost half hour devoted to introducing all the players. The research scientists studying the alien invasion, the army general and his sycophants that believe the key to solving the alien invasion crisis is by using really big bombs. Okay, you scientific smartass. What do you propose we do to destroy this thing and the monsters it creates? Destroy, destroy, destroy. Death, destruction, devastation. That's all you military people think about. What else did you wimps have in mind? I have a proposal here for a two-year study, which has been broken down into four independent stages. Studies are not worth a shit. I've got weapons. And the colorful cast of farmers and other locals either being possessed by or being killed by the aliens. And I do mean colorful. Anna, she put a parabolic dish out in the front yard. Hell yes. We're talking Satellite City, USA, son. We get a lot of that foreign stuff, too. But Joe won't let me watch it. He's afraid I might get brainwashed. Well, you know how those communists are. They let them on TV, and the first thing you know, they're looking right back at you through the picture tube. And Joe won't even let me watch him Mexican shows, and they're not even communists. Hell, Kate. They're Catholics. What's the difference? The movie is, of course, played for laughs, and really, what else could they do? There are even a few moments where the characters can hear the movie's tension-filled background music. The farmers and townies are all basic stereotypes of rural Texans, and the acting here has more ham in it than Babe Pig in the City. But really, that's as it should be. We eventually learn from the aliens themselves what their plans are, and the rest of the movie follows our hero and heroine as they run about the town trying to stop the alien takeover, with only a few breaks for sex. Now that does not mean you're going to get a lot of 80s TNA here, guys. The ending is more or less predictable, though it does have an interesting comedic twist involving our bomb-happy general that has a better-than-average chance of making you laugh. Now, are they zombies? 
Well, unlike many other Alien Possession movies, the human hosts are killed first and then reanimated. So technically, these would be zombies. However, the only way to become one is to be possessed by an alien. The aliens enter their victims via a strong gust of wind, which also allows the film to have an alien possession tale without the mess and expense of ever showing us the actual aliens. Once they possess a corpse, the aliens are able to speak and, in some scenes, able to make middle-aged farmers' bodies engage in some really poor kung fu. The physical effects are a very good example of very bad 80s blood and gore and fit well with the overall look of the film. The cinematography is good, especially for being a product of its era. The soundtrack is straight-up 80s and kicks off like a lot of bad 80s camp horror movies does, with a song custom-written for the movie. You can get it at the movie's official site, bloodsuckersfromouterspace.com, for a lousy 10 bucks. The DVD also includes a short documentary on the making of the film featuring the cast and crew. I'll let Corey give you his official rating on this one, but I will say if you're a fan of 80s B-horror, especially the early 80s, and you missed this one like I did, then it's worth a watch. And if you're not, well, then you're not. This has been Big Ugly Harry Scary. See you, kids. Eric, thank you for that great review. Oh, man, that was a huge help to me. Um, so uh, now I know kind of what I can leave out, and I, I'm not going to repeat what Eric has already said, but I'm just going to kind of add my thing. Now, you know, uh, we found this, like Eric said, uh, while we were walking around Wasteland, and uh, we uh, met up with Glenn Coburn, a great guy. This is from one of the original 35mm prints. And for, like I said, you know, for five bucks, man, you know, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. So anyhow, um, I watched this and at first I was a bit concerned about what Eric was going to think of it because it's one of those movies that you're going to love or that you're going to hate and that you just have to get. And a lot of people just won't get it. But then, I mean, just from hanging out with Eric and really getting to know him now, I, I do know about his great love for 80s B-horror, and so this is right up his alley. And it was right up my alley, too. This was a lot of fun. Um, part of what does it for me, of course, is that, you know, early 80s feel to it. Uh, the music that uh, Eric played and, and uh, he talked about, you know, straight out of the 80s. Um, you know, the cars, the fashion, uh, things like that. It's straight 80s, and I just love it. I love it. The film itself has the low-budget kind of grain to it, although the cinematography, like Eric said, you know, was surprisingly done well. Uh, a lot of the shots were great. They used cranes a lot of times, and uh, yeah, yeah, really put a lot of uh, passion into this, what I noticed. Uh, there is a, a lot of dialogue, but uh, the thing that uh, makes it different from other movies where the dialogue just seems to bog it down is that this one had a sense of humor. And all the dialogue was so tongue-in-cheek, it was sarcastic, and, and a lot of it was offensive. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's my thing. Uh, I love when, uh, you know, the humor gets this way. But uh, that's really what made so much of this movie. Although, you know, not to take anything away from kind of the makeup and the violence and the blood, um, you know, it's, it's very low-budget looking a lot of times, although it's not bad. You know, it's kind of hard to explain, but I think a lot of you out there might kind of know what I'm getting at here, but um, the look of the, the zombie bloodsucker things was kind of cool. I don't know. But overall, you know, this this really could pass for a trauma movie. You know, I was kind of reminded 
of uh, redneck zombies a little bit. I know a lot of people out there either love or hate redneck zombies, and I, I think redneck zombies is one of those that it's so bad that it's good. And uh, so, you know, that, that kind of reminded me of the same thing. You know, you just can't take this seriously at all. Now, is it zombies or, you know, vampires? You know, they're called bloodsuckers. And really, they're zombies. They're brought back from the dead. They drink the blood. And it's a whole, like Eric said, again, you know, it's a whole alien takeover kind of thing. And uh, which I think the alien takeover zombie is a legitimate kind of zombie if they're raised from the dead like they were here. Uh, it's just a matter of what is causing the coming back from the dead. And here it happens to be aliens. And, uh, you know, we saw that in uh, Night of the Creeps as well. So, yeah, I have no issue with that. But uh, also I got a little bit of a uh, kind of a Return of the Living Dead feel to it. And uh, even though this came out before Return of the Living Dead or Night of the Creeps for that matter. So, yeah, yeah, that was, that was I don't know. I had a lot of fun. I really had a lot of fun with this. It, it almost goes into that so bad it's good category, but there was a lot going for it as well. I, I love the sense of humor. I love the dialogue. And uh, yeah, so uh, the official rating, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10 for the humor, for the cheesiness, for the campiness, for all the blood and effects, and for not taking itself seriously at all. And, of course, for the sex-crazed girl with a tank of nitrous in her backseat. One girl, I drove through three states wearing her head as a hat. Hey, Corey, Zombie Frida here, calling from Chicago. Well, great show, I just finished listening to... Uh, the newest episode, and uh, definitely always like hearing your voice and hearing all the good beer reviews. Um, me and my husband are going to check some of those out. Um, also, um, one of your uh, listeners called in and spoke a little bit about a movie called Lake Mungo. Uh, that movie scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, I've seen that movie maybe three times. Definitely recommend it if you see it in a very dark room. <laughs> uh, really good movie. Uh, good Good idea to watch it, especially now during Halloween. Um, second, um, I just got, actually last night, I went to see a movie called The Tone. Uh, it's a movie that was co-written and directed by Ben Affleck. First of all, I can't stand Ben Affleck. <laughs> I was basically dragged to see this movie by my husband. Um, so anyways, uh, I was really shocked. This is a very, 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 very good movie. Uh, I give it five stars, whatever rating, but uh, I really highly recommend everyone go see this movie. Uh, it takes place in Boston, and the filming is uh, its um, about four friends, rivals, and uh, they're thieves. They rob banks, and they get away with it. The FBI is after them. Uh, it's an awesome film. kind of gave me... It felt a little bit like kind of like a Reservoir Dogs. You know, you, you're kind of rooting for the bad guys. Um, it's interesting also because there's some gossip about this film where um, this particular area of Boston, not sure if it's true, but um, they have the highest percentage of bank robberies in the country. And uh, I went online to research this. Some people say it's true, some people don't. But the people of Charlestown this particular area of Boston, uh, do not like um, this claim to fame. Um, but uh, this is what they state, uh, the, the filmmakers. Um, it's a very, very good movie. I think you would enjoy it. Definitely go see it in the theaters. Um, I know it's uh, kind of pricey to see a movie now, but 
um, if uh, I had to give a recommendation, I'd go see the movie. Um, but that's about it. Uh, just hanging out, cooking some uh, eggplant parmesan, and uh, um, that's about it. Over and out. Zombie Frida, thank you for calling. It is great to hear from you, as always. And I am especially feeling, uh, you know, kind of in debt to you in some way because uh, you were one of the ones that recommended Lake Mungo. And especially after I got your voicemail there, I'm like, I, okay, I, I really, really got to see this. Not that Lauren didn't already convince me because I was already going to go there. But uh, you just confirmed that for me, and I really appreciate that. Um, Ben Affleck. Oh, Ben Affleck. What do I have to say about that man? Um, I think the first time that, uh, I noticed him or knew who he was or whatever was in Mallrats. And, uh, that's, that's kind of the impression that I've had f from him or about him, the impression of him, I guess is the right word, uh, all throughout. Because in Mallrats, he plays this idiot jerk guy. And I've just come to pretty much assume that's what Ben Affleck is like. Even though I really liked him in Dazed and Confused. I loved his character in there. But again, he was an idiot. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. And the whole thing with J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, whatever. You know, I, I don't really care. The whole Hollywood thing is just stupid. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that every once in a while they don't come out with something real good. And uh, I, I totally believe that. But yeah, Ben Affleck. Is a weird guy, but Z Zombie Frida, thank you. Thank you once again for calling in. I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way. The normally tranquil setting of Ararat to pay their final respects to a young woman taken too soon. Ten days after Ellie's funeral, Stuff started happening around the house. Sounds seemed to come from Ali's old room. They didn't really relent, so I thought, well, I'll just set up a camera to, you know, see anything. I looked back and there was footage of a figure moving across the hallway. The image was quite unsettling because it certainly looked like Alice. Don't you close your eyes? I usually uh, videotape my sessions. Something was happening inside that house and I wanted to find out what it was. We checked tapes. There was a ghost in our house. Alice kept secrets. She kept the fact she kept secrets a secret. Something bad is gonna happen to me. Alice knew she was going to die. I feel like something bad has happened. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way. And it's getting closer. Well, thank you to two of my wonderful listeners uh, who called in. They recommended Lake Mungo. I watched it this week on Netflix Instant Watch, and I am so glad I did. And I owe these two people, Lauren from Oregon and uh, Zombie Frida, I owe you um, all kinds of thank yous because <laughs> this is a great movie. Oh, so if you got Netflix, you got to pull this up and watch it. What we see here is uh, this story is a, about a 16-year-old girl 
who drowns while she's swimming with her family. And this is all happening in Australia, I believe. Um, so she drowns shortly after that. Her body's recovered. Her dad identifies the body and they have her buried. But then a lot of really weird things start to happen at their home. A lot of unexplained things. Uh, supposed appearances by the ghost of this girl that died. And as we go, there are a lot of really startling discoveries made and mostly about the girl and her secret past. She was kind of leading a double life and uh, just maintaining a lot of lies and secrets. And I think one of the most interesting things about the movie is that it primarily focuses on psychologically and emotionally what's happening uh, with the remaining family members and the people who are involved in all of this. It doesn't focus as much on the scary ghost stuff going on. But that's not to say that uh, <laughs> this is not scary. This is one scary movie. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 I crapped my pants a couple times, I think. Just a little bit. Because I was so frightened. Um, you know, I, I took Zombie Frida's advice and I turned off all the lights. I was all alone in the dark house watching this movie. And I was extremely frightened for the rest of the night. Um, I was actually scared walking through my dark house. I would run through my dark house. Because, oh, and I want to give it away. There, there's, there's a reveal at the end. And I want to give it away as to what I was afraid that I would see. And if you've seen Lake Mungo, you'll know what that girl saw to, you know, make her do the things that she did before she died. And, uh, oh... That's what I was afraid I was going to see. So now every time it's dark in my house, I'm afraid I'm going to turn a corner or look into a dark room and I'm going to see that. But I won't give it away. you got to watch it. you got to find out what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, man. And let me talk a little bit about the style of the movie. The way that, that they told this story was very intriguing because it's a it's an interesting mix here. What we have, it's, it's kind of a hybrid documentary thing. Uh, really hard for me to explain. They have a series of interviews that they play, uh, that they took with the family and the people involved, and they intersperse these throughout the movie, uh, telling the story of the events as if they were taking place. So we see these things actually happening. Uh, so it's it's not really a full-fledged documentary, um, because we're seeing like I said, the events as they're happening, but then you cut to these interviews taken after the fact. Um, so yeah, it's not like a fake documentary. It's it's definitely nothing like uh, The Blair Witch, but uh, it's just a very, very well-crafted story from a lot of different points of view. Uh, it keeps you guessing. It keeps you kind of kind of unsettled, um, and it's a real roller coaster ride. Oh, it really is. And this, you are right, this is a perfect Halloween movie. So you got to watch Lake Mungo. If you got Netflix, you can watch it instantly. Uh, I'm sure you can find the DVD out here. This is from 2007, so it's fairly recent. And this is one of the coolest horror movies I've seen in a long time. I like something that's really going to scare me. And Lake Mungo did it. Thank you so much for recommending this to me. And I will, in turn, recommend it to everybody listening out there. Uh, my rating is a 9 out of 10. It is that good. you got to see it. Hey, Corey and voicemail with us. Uh, well, Corey, as on a side uh, to you, I don't know if you want to throw this stuff down the show or if you want to, like, uh, edit this part out or whatever. Uh, and you can decide whether or not this goes on the show. Uh, I, Dead Hammer, I'm participating in a benefit for uh, 
Children's Medical Research. It's uh, the Extra Life Foundation. Uh, it's being put on by the Sarcastic Gamer uh, community. They, they do a bunch of podcasts. They, they're just a bunch of gamers that have the Sarcastic Gamer website and all that. And uh, But Extra Life is a foundation that's set aside to uh, do a one-day year, 24-hour video game um, benefit called Extra Life. And uh, I am participating in it, and I'm hoping uh, that I can put this on the show. Uh, if anyone would like to sponsor me, I have set aside a, a quick URL. Um, it's tiny.cc backslash Extra Life Bad Hammer, all one word. And uh, you can, hey man, decide whether or not you want to throw this on the show or you know, if anyone listening wants to donate, that's cool. Or, you know, if you yourself want to participate in the benefit, go for it, man. Uh, I'm a total fucking video game nerd, and if there's any way that me playing video games can help benefit children's medical research, I'm all for it, you know. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Um, and I know this stuff is kind of all over the place with all my little aside for you, Corey, whether or not this goes on the show or... You know, if you feel comfortable with it, because I know podcasts asking for money is a sore subject, <laughs> because this shit should just be done for free, in my opinion. I know that money goes into owning a website, but realistically, a .com should only cost you about $70 a year, and if you can't swing $70 a year for a .com, I don't think you should have a .com. And uh, podcasting, I know that I know, Corey, that you have invested money in microphones and all sorts of other things, but you're doing it for the love of podcasting, you know, and if people are out there asking for money, I don't feel comfortable with that. And I am not asking for money. I'm trying to show this benefit. Whatever. I don't know, man. It's fucking late. I'm tired. And this message makes no sense. Maybe I'll call back later and it'll make more sense. Or... Uh, Zombie Farmer and I actually just recorded a promo for the show, or for the for the benefit. So Corey, uh, yeah, this message is fucking terrible, dude. You got my number. Call me, text me, Facebook me, whatever. Let me know if you want want me to uh, send that promo on. I'll fuck it, dude. I'll just send you a Facebook message about this later. Sorry to call so late. Hope this thing went through to you, and I'll catch you later, dude. Bad Hammer. Actually, I'm leaving all of that in. Um, as well, everybody just heard, so whatever. Uh, but no, it's great. Uh, I want to support that. I'll put up the link in the show notes. That's tiny.cc slash extra life bad hammer. Yeah. If you can sponsor bad hammer at all for this, it goes toward a great cause children's medical research and he's playing video games for it. So yeah, you can't get much better than that. I will totally support that because it's not like, you know, you, you talked about, asking for money on podcasts and and this is a totally a, you know different can of worms than uh the stuff that i'm always ranting and raving about uh, where you know this is for a good cause this is for charity this is for medical research for children this is great you know if you're gonna put your money somewhere this is one of the better places to put it um your money is not well placed in the hands of podcasters you know who just want you know <sighs> No, don't get me wrong. I'm in full support of upgrading your equipment. And if people can help you upgrade your stuff, you know, get better mics, better better things to make the show better, hey, that's wonderful. But uh, people who are looking for more out of it than that 
are just retarded, you know. And uh, for me, I don't, I don't want anything from you guys. I don't ask for any kind of support from you guys other than just to listen to the show. Everything, I, I already had all my equipment because I'm in music. I make music and I've been in a lot of bands, so I already had all this junk laying around, so I might as well use it for something, you know. <sighs> might as well use it for something, and uh, you guys get to hear what that something is. Aren't you lucky? But uh, no, no. So absolutely. And send me that promo. I'll definitely play the promo. I am in full support of that. Bad Hammer, great, great luck with that. And uh, let me know if there's any other way that I can uh, help you out there. Oh, hey, Corey. It's Florida Possum here. Um, I'm kind of back alive from the dead and I'm trying to catch up on my podcast calls and tell everybody, hi, here I am. I'm back. I'm glad to hear you're having a good time down in uh, Cinema Wasteland. That's awesome. Um, I'm so, it's so good to be back and to hear your podcast again. Um, and, you know, I had no idea you were making a movie, but totally laughed my ass off last night. I think it was like by the third episode with the ballistic gel finger thing. Oh, my God, that was so funny. Um, let's see. I was going to tell you something else. What was it? You know me. I can't ever remember anything. Um, oh dear, dear, dear. Um, hang on a second. Hang on. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. Okay. I don't know anything about movie making, but you know what I do know about? Makeup. I know everything about makeup, where to buy it, where to get the cheapest, all that. Because at my age, that is one area I cannot afford to cut cost. So, if you ever decide to invest in the Ben Nye makeup... The best place, the guy is super nice, and also the cheapest place I've found anywhere, and that's including outside of North America, is Bubba's Clown Supply in Orange Park, Florida. Um, he is online, and he is so nice, and he ships it out really fast, and he packages it really well, and yeah. So, seriously, um, if you ever have any makeup questions, I am the queen of makeup, you know? Because, like I say, my age, I use quite a bit of it. Um, let's see if there was anything else. Um, maybe I missed something, but um, the last update, your vlog update, was like in August. Uh, I didn't have time. I'm trying to kind of catch up bits and pieces on everybody's stuff. Um, so there may have been some since then, but just in case there isn't, why aren't there? So if there aren't, I hope there are. But if there aren't, you need to get on that because I want to catch up some more. Okay, well, you have a great time, you and the boys. Don't party too much because I'll resent you for it. Have a great time. See you later, Corlander. Florida Possum out. Well, she is back. Oh, man. Florida Possum, I was concerned about you. It, is, it was just great to see you back. Uh, thank you for commenting on the website. And, and uh, man, man, it, it's just great to hear from you. I missed you at Horror Realm this year. Uh, that that was a bummer that you didn't make it. But um, I am making a movie. It's a one-man short film all by myself, and it's a lot of work. And yeah, 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 I have not updated my video vlog thing since August because I am a lazy bastard. You know that. You know that. Um, and really, again, uh, I, I don't know. In the beginning, the first, you know, four or five that I, I have posted up there... It was a lot of discovery for me, you know. I was really finding out a lot about makeup and going here for supplies and going there and telling you about everything going on. But uh, now I'm in more of the 
kind of the drudgery stages. So, you know, I'm going through, I'm cranking out a lot of scenes, doing a lot of reshoots, setting up lights, uh, all that fun stuff. I mean, it is fun, but it's not as exciting, you know? What can I get up in front of the camera and tell you about? You know, hey, it took me three hours to light one scene today. Yeah, that's tough, you know? And it, I don't know, I don't know. I just haven't felt really inspired or creative along those lines. But, uh, you know, there there is a lot happening. Uh, I'll be posting another one soon. I've been promising that for weeks, I know, but I will do it soon. We'll do it soon. And uh, I appreciate your uh, help with makeup. I'm actually pretty much through all the heavy makeup scenes. I have like one more that's going to be pretty tricky and I'll have to really do myself up really crazy for that. But uh, I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Great to hear from you, Florida Possum. Did you see that movie, Night of the Living Dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one where the corpses start eating the pupil, right? Sure. What's more about it? Did you know that movie was based on a true case? <laughs> Come on, you're shitting me, right? I ain't never been more serious in my life. The original music for this week uh, is another song that I completely made up myself. Uh, I've had this riff just kind of going through my head for many weeks now, and uh, finally decided to do something with it. Uh, so I wrote out the whole song and recorded all the the instruments and things like that, and then uh, wrote the words. Uh, it's kind of loosely based on something that I wrote a long time ago, um, the whole uh, rocket ship idea and going to the moon and things like that, and I may continue that. Because that's a whole other batch of songs that I have that I wrote back in the day. Uh, yeah, the, the scientist and the, the rocket ship and uh, the, the girls on the moon and yeah. yeah. But anyhow, I'll get into that some other time because I don't want to bore you right now. Um, here we go. This song's called Rocket Ship. Enjoy. Take my 
Hey, Corey, this is Richard from Tennessee. Uh, I found your podcast actually by accident, and boy, am I glad I did. It's a great podcast. I love listening to you, man. Uh, I just wanted to call in. uh, Somebody had mentioned uh, the movie Autumn in the last podcast, episode 20, I believe. And I just wanted to give a little uh, background on it. I've not seen the movie, but it is based on a book um, by David Moody. And I have not read that book, but David Moody wrote a book called Hater and a sequel to it called Dog Blood. If you have not read these, you have to read these. They're great books. Um, Autumn, I believe, is being re-released this uh, sometime this I think this month. So be sure to check it out. I haven't seen the movie. I do know that uh, my local Redbox has the movie. So. If people want to check it out, I think it is out there on DVD right now. So uh, just thought I'd help you out with that. See you, buddy. New listener. I am celebrating. I am rejoicing because there is a new listener, and his name is Richard from Tennessee. And you've even called the voicemail of death. So that uh, that's saying a lot for you there. And it says a lot for you that you really like my show <laughs> because my show sucks. Oh, my podcast is horrible. <laughs> But no, thank you for the info on Autumn. You know, I had no idea that Autumn was actually written or based on the book by David Moody. What's interesting is uh, I have Hater sitting on my shelf right now because the publisher sent it to me like over a year ago with um, alongside of uh, Patient Zero by uh, David. uh, uh, Yeah, David. um, uh, Jonathan Mayberry. And uh, I read Patient Zero, and then I kept putting Hater off, and it's still there. I haven't picked it up yet, and I I had no idea either that there was a sequel to it. So uh, I'm still looking for Autumn. Uh, the people that I have talked to about it seem to have mixed feelings about it. So, yeah, I have no idea. But, uh, Richard, thank you for calling in, and I really hope to hear from you again. Listen to me. For once in your life, get something right, Savini. Well, here's the end of the podcast. That's all I got for you this week. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to finish drinking my coffee. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, get me through the rest of the day here. Um, Next week, I don't know what I'm going to be reviewing because there is so much in the air, uh, like up in the air right now, um, as far as where I'm going to get these movies. Uh, I'm looking for a few. So, I don't know. You'll you'll just have to see. It'll be a big surprise. So, ooh, surprise element. All right. (laughs) But uh, also uh, tell you about another Netflix film uh, that you should go watch and um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I'll be talking about things. Lots of things. You know me. I like to ramble and talk about things. Uh, MidnightCory.com is my website. My voicemail of death is 814-806-2828. And that's all I got. I'm out of steam. I'm out of steam. Maybe, you know, part of it. You know, is that uh, this morning? I don't. I don't know if I talked about this. So this is your little your little gem of a story here that you get right at the end of the show if you bothered to listen this far. But uh, this morning, first thing in the morning, I went and had some blood drawn. Um, what there was, I had uh, I had my very first doctor's appointment that I've had in years. My wife insisted that you know I find a doctor, find a you know general doctor, and. Uh, because I guess that's what every healthy American should do. So, (laughs) 
I haven't been to the doctor in like over 10 years, easily. So my wife found me some doctor. She set up an appointment for me. She got the paperwork in the mail, made me sit down and fill it out the one night. And I had my first appointment earlier in the week here. And uh, of course, the doctor checked me out and everything, I guess, is pretty good. I'm a pretty healthy fella. And uh, the doctor says, okay, I just want you to go in, get some blood drawn because uh, I want to see what your cholesterol is. So I had blood drawn for cholesterol numbers and things like that. So, of course, I had to do a fast. They make you do a 12-hour fast, uh, which involves uh, you can't put anything into your body other than water. Which is okay with me, other than the fact that I need caffeine to live. I will die if I do not drink caffeine or, you know, ingest caffeine in one form or another. So um, I started looking at when these places open where I can go to get my blood taken, and the earliest it opens in the morning was 6.30 a.m. So I'm like, all right, I will cut myself off at 6.30 the night before, and then I'll go in first thing in the morning, 6.30. I usually get up at like 5.30. So I can go for an hour, go in, get my blood drawn. So I go in, and, uh, you know, I'm doing okay. I have a little bit of a headache because of the caffeine withdrawal. is already starting to grip me. But uh, I go in. I wasn't too mean to anybody, I don't think. And uh, they take me in, and uh, the, the girl sits me down in the little room and is taking my information. And she's like, well, you've done the 12-hour fast, correct? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing but water. Nothing but water. And I'm like, except, and I was kind of joking, you know. I'm like, well, I, you know, I did chew a piece of gum on the way here. And she looks at me, and she's like, well, that's considered not fasting. You can't chew gum. And I'm like, well, it was sugar-free doesn't matter. I have to mark you down for did not fast. <laughs> Great. So I chewed a piece of gum, screwed the whole thing up, but I'm like, well, no, go ahead, take my blood, do the test anyhow. And, uh, you know, I'll just kind of let my doctor know that all I did was chew a piece of gum. So how bad can that screw up a cholesterol test? I don't know. But uh, so I'm going to see if we can just already let it let it go with what they have. Um, because I don't want to go in and do it again. Uh, I hate having needles poked into me. I could never be a heroin user, <laughs> ever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, anyhow, I had blood taken. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking that maybe that's the reason why I'm just a little kind of all over the place and, and weird and kind of, kind of out of steam, like I said. I think I'm a little weird from a low blood count or a, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so... <laughs> Ah, oh, so that's my story. I may have to go in and get my blood done again after I do a true fast and not chew any gum. But I figured, man, I, I went for coffee for this long. I got up this morning and deprived myself of coffee. So you're drawing to blood, and we're going to see if we can make this work. Ah, oh, yep. Well, that's it for Midnight Corey. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.
when I have these bad dreams to try and put endings on the, the dreams like I come out a winner but every time I try to do that um, I just can't get anywhere it seems that I keep having the same dream over and over again and I had one of those tonight and this is why I'm up so late And he did all the traveling that he wanted to do while he was in the service. 